Hey, this is Gerd's Handel, and welcome to the Inner Light Project. This show is for anyone who's wanting to lead a happier, healthier, and enlightened life. Create more self-love, inject more joy and abundance into their daily life. Join me for inspiring interviews and spiritual topics so you can shine your inner light. Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Inner Light Project. My name is Gerd Tundel and today I have a beautiful guest with me who's helping mamas to live more mindfully and raise mindful children. TJ Patel is a divorce attorney turned mindfulness and meditation advocate for mums and kids. She helps stressful mamas create stress relief habits through meditation and mindful parenting practices to lead a more blissful life one day at a time. Hijal, it's an absolute pleasure having you on the show and thank you for joining us in this space here today. Thank you so much for having me. So happy to be here. Oh, bless you. Well, I'm just so excited to kind of get to know you and just hearing your story because it really interests me that, you know, you went from a journey of being an attorney to now being a mindful mama coach. So could you tell us what your life was like before? Absolutely. So, you know, being raised in, you know, an Indian South Asian family, education is always pressed upon as like the number one thing. <laughs> so I never, so I never really thought like, you know, I, I was definitely the child that did not get the brilliant Indian gene. So I, <laughs> I was the one who was like getting kicked out of the spelling bee first <laughs> and, Aww. you know, like getting the B's and the C's. So like my parents thought I was going to be a complete failure. Um, and, and so I, I worked my butt off and I, I became an attorney because that's what I thought that I had to do. I had to be a professional. That's how you're respected. When you make X amount of money, then you've made it in life. So I had crossed out all these boxes of what society and even like South Asian culture deems as being um, making you respectable or worthy. And I was a divorce attorney and a divorce mediator. Um, and so I had a unique experience, even though divorce is very traumatic and emotional and um, it's so difficult. I am, I'm a naturally empathic and sense an energetically sensitive person. So mm. I was so compassionate to the individuals who were coming to me. So I didn't really look at them as like a client. I was almost like slack, like half therapist, <laughs> half like attorney. And um, I had the unique ability because I had both the husband and wife in front of me because I did all out of court divorces. Mm. And um, one of the things that I started to experience is because, you know, when parents are going through stress and their own emotional turmoil, and it doesn't have to necessarily be divorce. It could just be their own, um, you know, stressors from their life or trauma of uh, their own experiences. Um, I noticed that no matter how hard they try to keep the best interests of their children in the forefront of their mind, it's really difficult when you have your own trauma and mm. emotional baggage to heal. And so this really re-triggered my own childhood mm. um, unconsciously because I, I was a sensitive child who grew up with loving, yet very chronically stressed, severely short-tempered mm. um, parents who, um, you know, used 
spanking and, you know, shame as a form of discipline. And I really personally understood being a child who experienced anxiety, low self-esteem, anger rages from a very young age of how that affects a child's um, emotional development. So it was really through that realm of re-triggering my own childhood wounds of being with divorcing clients that I realized that not only did I need to help myself, but once I started on a journey of like yoga and meditation and mindfulness and started healing myself, the question kept popping up in my mind, why aren't we teaching our children these tools at a much younger age, Mm. just for the sheer fact that 50% of marriages end in divorce. So that means that 50% of the children from Um, you know, families who are going through divorce are experiencing some sort of stress, trauma, um, or emotional, you know, difficulty, but not just even children of divorce, just natural life uh, is difficult for young children, just the anxiety of transitions, and just living in a world where there's a lot more bullying and judgment and um, just needed to be a skill set that I felt like children needed to learn. And so that's where my journey of kind of shifting from being um, a part-time divorce attorney to being a part-time mindfulness teacher for kids really kind of happened, which is so unique and weird, (laughs) right? (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. I, I totally understand where we're kind of sometimes shamed for certain things and it's not really their fault it's because of how they were raised and so it's 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 for people like ourselves that when we see this we kind of help the next generation see it in a different light um and also it's it's so bizarre we actually are really similar <laughs> because um, I used to work in the journalism world and I literally left there back in 2000 well because I'd had enough I was a I was a very empathetic person I wanted to help everyone but in the media world it's very hard when it's negative news <laughs> yeah and so I ended up walking away and I ended up like going in the coaching world and everything. And it's it's so interesting that people who are, are empathetic and have a very sensitive soul, how we can feel like we need to take on the world and we need to take on other people's problems. But the key is like paying attention to those signs, like you said, paying attention to how we were feeling when we were younger. So then the next generation can have a completely different outlook. Absolutely. And you're right. It's being around that that sort of like environment of like just even feeling like what trauma people were holding on to even just going through a divorce and it was almost like I was going through a divorce myself every single day (laughs) and it was so hard it was so emotionally hard uh, because you could feel the pain of what people were experiencing um on a day in and day out basis so what was like the turning point for you so what was like the day you were like, enough is enough. I'm done with this. And I'm going to be a coach. For me, like there was, there was this nagging voice that I literally could not get out of my head that Mm. kept telling me to become a kid's like certified kids yoga and meditation teacher. And I thought it was the most bizarre and stupid thought at first. So I'm like, yeah, I'm an attorney. What am I going to do? Like being a certified kids in yoga and meditation teacher. And, um, I, but I'm, I'm glad I followed my intuition, intuition because I got certified and um, my husband and I, we own um, preschools um, in the South Jersey area oh. in New Jersey. And so I started infusing it into the classrooms and 
what I discovered was that within a very short period of time, a lot of parents started coming to me and saying, oh my gosh, like my daughter or my son, um, you know, they were having a meltdown moment and they pulled themselves to go take a calm down break and were taking deep breaths. Like, what are you teaching? Like my child, like, this is amazing. Like, like they were just so, um, you know, enthused by like what they were seeing and they wanted more information, like about how they can continue to practice this with their kids. And so when I noticed and I saw that the shifts were happening rather quickly in children, I started, um, I, I first just started writing about it, like just writing it and sending um, articles out to big publications. And it was actually through like some of my articles got uh, what I rolled that I had, that's when mom started reaching out to me like, Hey, I want to get coached by you. Like, I want to know how to do this so I can teach my kids at home. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, Whoa, like I doing it in the classroom is fantastic. But if I can teach moms how to bring this into their home, then their, their children are really going to take these tools with them um, into adulthood because they're practicing it now. So that's really where my coaching practice came from is moms coming to me and be like, can you coach me? Cause I want you to coach me. It's like, teach me everything that you know. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of where it came from. And when I, when I embarked in that, I knew that this was my calling. I knew mm. that I wouldn't be able to make the difference that my soul was meant to make in a courtroom or practicing law. And so that was seven years ago. And I've never looked back since because not only has my coaching practice thrived, I feel like me as me becoming a mother, um, I feel like because I, uh, I walk the walk, um, I talk the talk and people who follow me for a really long time have known that when I was pregnant, I was enrolled in a um, one-year-long yoga and meditation um, uh, kundalini training for adults. So now mm. I'm trained for not only kids, but for adults. So my practice um, and my, my coaching practice has really evolved into a full family kind of experience where I'm immersing the parents and the children in learning the tools to help them through stressful moments, helping them manage um, how when they feel um, anger or upset mm. or impatient, how to work through that, and basically reconnecting them to their inner power and their confidence um, and their self-worth. So it's like a whole family kind of um, unity and an experience and a partnership now. Wow. That is so powerful. Wow. I guess it, it's kind of teaching just the parents, not even just the parents, but like the children. If you if they learn that from a young age, they'll be able to conquer anything in life, right? Absolutely. It builds resilience. The number one thing is that, you know, they're showing that IQ is not the greatest determining factor for happiness and success mm. in children. It's actually emotional intelligence. And the number one tool to build emotional intelligence is mindfulness. And that's all about, you know, how you handle difficult situations, how you can calm yourself down when you're angry or upset, building empathy and compassion. All these things are, um, you know, are t- skill sets that our brain actually doesn't fully develop 
um, the prefrontal cortex, which is responsible for EQ, doesn't fully develop until you're 25 years old. So we have wow. so much time with our children to mold and adapt and grow um, these skills. And this is like the best time to teach them is when they're they're the most malleable and they can pick up these habits at such a young age. Um, but the beauty of it also is that our brain is very moldable. So even for adults, like if we're above 25, it's not like we missed the boat. It's like, we can still, um, you know, mold our mind into being more empathetic, learning how to handle ourselves when we feel stressed out or um, impatient or um, frustrated. We, we can learn how to better manage those difficult situations. Would you say that what we learn from like zero to 13 is what we, our, our lives end up becoming. So if we see our parents being stressed or anxious, we end up kind of being molded into that as well absolutely I mean children and I know this from personal experience children are so energetically sensitive they're absorbing the energy that you're putting out there and mm. I can say this with my personal experience as being a mom the level of my stress is in direct correlation most times to how much my son is acting out or what he's oh. giving back to me. It is a constant. And when I'm aware enough to, to understand what's the energy I'm putting out, I can mm. understand that my son is actually pushing back the same energy towards me. So it's like <laughs> they are really like bouncing the stress and the anxiety that we're experiencing. They're bouncing it back in very subtle ways. Um, and it, it, it's and if we're in tune with it, it's a really fine dance of how, <laughs> how our energies, you know, really kind of like play off each other. Mm. Um, and it's really beautiful to see because children don't have the masks and the filters that adults yeah. do, right? Like we have boundaries and we have, <laughs> you know, we like shut ourselves off. And like we, if we were around someone that, you know, we don't necessarily jive with, we can like shut off or we can like deflect or, you know, walk away. But kids are like, they're responding right back that energy <laughs> that you're putting out. So it, um, yeah, it's, so we really have to be mindful and responsible of the thought the the words and the energy that we're putting out because it's affecting them um, so deeply and it really does become part of them you know like how they handle those types of situations it really does affect them wow wow it just blew my mind <laughs> wow so I guess like even I don't know, something's just coming back to me like I remember like you know when you're a child right and you know, you see an auntie or an uncle or somebody who may not actually be your auntie and uncle, but, you know, in the Indian community, they say that, right? And um, they'll be told to go and hug them. And sometimes a child says, I don't want to hug them. It's like the child knows the energy of the other person. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Even, like, I trust that. Because as as moms and as women and as a society, as we become more intuitive, like, my son has definitely done that. And when I tune in, I can also feel like, yeah, that person has a funky energy. <laughs> and so I don't blame him for not wanting to want to, to hug them. And honestly, it's sometimes even his own grandparents. Like, I can sense, like, wow. they're either frustrated or they're overwhelmed about something. And mm. you'll be like, oh, you know, go give them a hug. And he's like, no. And I'm like, because he's senses there's a funky energy even if it's someone that he knows wow. and he loves and he trusts but he just like you know 
I need my boundaries. And I really do respect that. Like I, I don't force him to hug anybody that he doesn't want to, because I think that's important to let children know that they're, you know, they should trust that instinct within them Mm. that when something doesn't feel right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, it's what's kind of funny is like, usually like for most people is that the child be like, no, I don't want to do that. But the parent forces them. And then that in a way kind of stops them listening to their own intuition. Yes, you're, you're absolutely right. Because if, if you think about it, it's the parent's own agenda of like, maybe there's, um, you know, the, the fear that, oh, they're going to think that I'm a bad parent, or I'm not teaching my child, you know, manners and respect, or what are gonna, what are they going to think of me as a parent? So mm-hmm. there's like our own underlying fears, or our own agenda that's at hand, rather than being <laughs> and holding space for our child to respect them, be like, you, even though you might be three or four years old, I still trust you and respect your intuition mm. that you feel like this is not okay for you. And I think that's really empowering when we give our children, you know, that trust. Yeah. Guys out there, the moral is trust the children. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're much smarter than us. That's for sure. They can be crazier than us, but they are a lot smarter than us. <laughs> They teach, they teach us about life though like I think about to my childhood and like how I used to just dance around and be like la 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 I don't really care <laughs> and just did my own thing and then we suddenly allow society to kind of tell us what's the way you know school education people around us and then we kind of get to a tipping point well some people don't always get to a tipping point but sometimes people have like quarter life crisis or midlife crisis because they've been so far away from their intuition that it's drawing them back in you're absolutely right yes yeah so guys, intuition is so powerful. Always trust it, no matter what age. <laughs> Absolutely. And if you're on the journey of like becoming a mom or someday wanting to be a mom, I know we've heard it, but like mother's intuition, like there is something so mm. powerful about it. It's literally the only parenting guide that you need because every child is uniquely different and mm. every mother has the own inner compass of, raising that specific child that's why we hate solicited advice because it's like what worked for your child is not necessarily going to work for my child because you have a completely different parenting guide you know and so I feel like um learning to trust your intuition is one of the greatest ways to uh to eliminate mommy guilt because you know that I am the authority in my child, like raising my child and I'm going to trust what the wisdom that comes to me. And every time I'm like in that flow and I trust, it could be completely different with like what traditional parenting norms may be, but it works for my child. So, I mean, and that's at the end of the day, you just want to make sure that you're deeply connected and, you know, um, raising children who are, connected to their deepest essence so what could, what more could you want right yeah that's so true and <laughs> um, my dear so you know you're teaching parents and and young kids about meditation and yoga what else are you also um, teaching them about as a mindful mama coach um so a lot of uh what I teach children and I I break it up because when you're teaching children, it's all about four life skills that they need to develop in order to build resilience, confidence, um, and help them through difficult emotions. So with children, I'm focusing on um, teaching them the right skills to help them better manage stress. So that's all about 
listening, mindful listening, um, teaching them how to mindfully pay attention because we tell our children to pay attention, focus, but that's actually a skill set that needs to be taught. And Mm. most of us don't realize that. So teaching um, children mindful, like how to be mindfully focused and how to pay attention and then mindful breathing. So learning how to help them connect to their body. And um, a lot of that goes with um, emotional intelligence. So learning how to understand, label and manage difficult emotions. So um, you start at the basic level. So I start off with children that are young as three. And so you're starting off with like basic feelings and helping them like recognize it, helping them um, notice how it feels in their body. And then you tie it back to them and be like, it's okay to feel angry. Anytime you feel angry, you can do this and I'll help you calm down. So it's like helping them um, understand the link and it's repetitive. It's like, you know, like with anything, it takes time. You're building a skill set. It's like the ABCs. So it's like step by step. Um, and then the third thing is then building their self-confidence. So helping them learn to connect to their, as we were talking about, their intuition, stay connected to their inner power um, through the use of affirmations and um, self-empowering talk. And a lot of what I teach parents is, is how to uh, build encouraging talk, like not just praise and be like, oh, good job, or you say <laughs> good boy or good girl, like that does nothing for them. It's like how to be like, oh, um, I, I'm so, um, you know, I'm so excited that you listen to your heart and you follow your own path. Or like, I'm so, are you so proud of yourself? Like, that's so exciting that you got to be like, are you so proud of yourself? Like not saying I'm so proud of you or you did a good job. It's like building their self-worth from um, within and not speaking it from outside of them, right? Not not raising people pleasers or, um, you know, like children who like want to please their parents. Um, So Mm. that's, that's the third thing. And then the last thing is um, helping them build empathy. So not only just understanding their own emotions, but recognizing emotions in others. So looking at their body language, looking at their tone of voice, um, learning how to apologize when you make a mistake and what an authentic and genuine apology looks like, because that's another skill set that you know <laughs> need to be taught. Um, so this is all, that's what I focus on when I'm teaching moms on how to build these skill sets at a young age. Um, so if, as you notice, they're very like, Com- like necessary skills to be um, a empathetic and social being, right? Mm. Like just skill sets that are, we would think are common sense, but they're not necessarily common sense. They need to be taught. Yeah. But I guess it depends. Everyone's different, right? So some person might have more of an empathy, whereas another one might have the complete opposite. And it's, everyone has a different, like, like you said earlier, everyone has a different way of being raised. So I guess when we all kind of learn that, you know, these are the, the, the main skill sets that we need in order to feel more calm and like less stressed, then it kind of empowers us. Definitely, definitely. Because yes, you're absolutely right. We're all, uh, you know, predisposed to a certain type of behaviors and personality types too, right? Some people are naturally more sensitive. You see that in children versus yeah. some who are a little bit more rough, <laughs> rough around the edges, right? <laughs> Connects to their emotions. So you're absolutely right. You want to meet the child where they're at. 
Um, and what I've noticed is, is that in teaching moms how to build this in their children, these are skill sets that we also need help with or we need practice with. So it also reiterates um, practicing these skills with parents. So they're, they're more, what I always say is that a parent is not this sage from the stage, they're a guide from the side. So you, and it takes off a lot of pressure, like thinking like, oh, I got to have, I got to know everything. I got to be a master of this in order for me to teach my kids. It's no, you're learning alongside with your child. And that shows your child that it's okay to make mistakes. What do you do when you make a mistake? How do you course correct? Um, so it really builds a beautiful connection rather than my parents says, this is what I do. And I have to follow what they say blindly. It's like, no, you know, mommy and daddy are learning alongside you too. And um, I think it takes the pressure off of kids and parents. <laughs> yeah, I, I 100% agree with you because there was somebody I was talking to recently and um, somebody I've known for a very long time and not of their own doing. They were just very angry at their child and it, it been going, it's been going on for like a very long time. And when this person decided to get the help and go back and actually realise where it came from she then shifted her energy with her child as well. And I thought that was so powerful. And like, like you said, if we learn this at a younger age, then we don't have to deal with all those kind of issues. Like that, that stuff can be like sailing, free sailing. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. It's just really, it's just, it's just really interesting. Like how we don't realize that little things that we do, not even just parents, but even children, like where do we pick them up from and how that can have a massive effect on how our life shapes overall. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, my dear, can you tell us about how you're transforming modern women to modern Zen mums? Yeah. So, one of the things is that, like, you know, we hear a lot in this era about mindfulness and, you know, oh, we're all stressed out. We know that. <laughs> we're all time starved. We know that. Uh, you know, I, to me, and I and you probably won't hear most mindfulness and meditation experts say this, but I hate actually how bougie and dry and boring <laughs> they make mindfulness sound. I really do because it never. When I read the definition to mindfulness too, it does nothing for me. But I know out of being a practitioner for seven plus years, it's totally transformed my life. So mm. when moms come to me, or and this is not just moms, it's just like, you know, living in our modern life, um, we are just high prone to stress. And, um, you know, we live a very chaotic life. And there's a lot of responsibilities, a lot of, you know, addiction to busyness. So when moms are like, oh, what? Like, what can mindfulness really do to for me? Or how is it supposed to help me feel less stressed and feel more balanced and feel more joyful? Like, what does it really do? And, you know, the, the researchers will say, like, oh, it helps you feel more calm and more peaceful. And literally, I just tell parents that it's the art of learning not how to give a crap about the things that normally would stress you out. And so when they're like, oh, well, how do you do that? And I say, well, isn't that a little bit more interesting? And it's like, you know, in those moments where you're, um, you know, there's crayons drawn on the dining room table or, you know, you spilled milk on your clean floor or when your toddler refuses to brush your teeth, brush their teeth in the morning, like how do you stay calm and centered in the midst of life's chaos? Mm. And so basically 
what I help moms do is learning ways and tools. And the tools that I teach is a blend of ancient yogic wisdom, um, you know, timeless Ayurveda Ayurvedic wisdom and Kundalini yoga and meditation. So this has been around like for thousands and thousands of years. They're time tested. They're, um, there's wisdom and there's a lot of now research proving that there these tools scientifically help um, you know reduce our fight or flight um, reactions. And that's literally like when we're stressed out, what gets activated in our mind is our fight or flight. And so learning how to keep our body in a rest and digest state is what these tools literally do. So in the nerdy way, that's what it's helping us do is just helping us stay calm. So for moms, what I teach them to do is um, help them learn everyone has one predominant stress type. So that basically is the way that you respond to stressful situation, there's only one of three ways. It's either you you have extreme mental stress, emotional stress, or physical stress. And so we all have, we all can experience every single one in our life, but we have a predominant type. Like, are you the overthinker, the worrier, the chronic, like pessimist, or are you the short tempered, short fused person where anything frustrating happens, you get impatient, you lose your cool, you snap and you say things um, like, and you react in anger. Or are you the type of person now, when difficult things happen, um, you get really, you know, lethargic. You um, get stressed out when you, you don't get enough sleep. You don't eat well. You're the one who's the stress eater or, you know, the one who's the, the binge Netflix watcher when, <laughs> when stressful situations happen. Like you check out because you don't want to deal and you kind of want to numb. So there's three different techniques that or coping mechanisms that we have to stress that aren't the most healthiest that we've adopted over a period of time. And so what I help moms do is not only learn their stress type, but also learn a five minute practice of infusing really smart, small tools throughout their day that are just like 30 to 60 seconds, like recognizing that, oh, I'm starting to go into my stress response and then using these really quick tools to help them find relief fast. So it's all about like no more than five minutes. Like the meditations that I teach, you can feel results in just three minutes, which is so doable for moms and they're willing to actually do it because it's only three minutes of their time. And then learning how to infuse little tools, um, you know, little breathing or energetic exercises um, during strategic periods in their day that help them reset and help them um, really re find relief from stress. And um, can you tell us more a bit about the Mindful Mama experience? Yeah. So the Mindful Mama experience course that I created is actually the step-by-step -step roadmap to help moms go through this process and learn how to infuse this practice into their life and really create a consistent practice. So it's a, um, it's a six week course. And then I give six weeks of practice time. So we do it together and you're basically infusing three mindfulness tools in your day. 
um, one minute in the morning, one minute during the day, and then three minutes at nighttime. So it's a total of five minutes, but it literally what I walks you through exactly what I was just telling you. Moms learn their stress type. They learn the right tools. They're going to help them find relief. And then I help them anchor them into their day because the tools aren't hard. It's remembering to practice the tools. So I give um, a really ingenious way for moms to create this habit. And so by the end of our time together, these have become like automatic, like a parent will know or a mom will know that, oh, I'm starting to feel this stress response happening and they know exactly what tool to go to that's going to help them calm down in the moment. So um, it really helps like a, a person to not snap in the moment and learn <laughs> how to find that moment of silence so that they can then know what's the next step or what they want to say so they don't scream at their child <laughs> or react in a way that they'll later regret. Yeah, and sometimes we say things when we're so angry that we don't actually mean. Yeah, yeah. And that's all our survival mind, you know, oh. it's our instinctual mind. You know how we talked about intuition? Mm. Um, the instinctual mind is what, based off the stress, we're reacting in fear. And our intu intuitive mind is when we are in that space of giving our mind that that silence of being like, okay, do I choose to react or do I choose to respond? And in that moment, when you say I choose to respond, you open yourself up to infinite possibilities, infinite solutions, and a whole realm of uh, possibilities of being calm through whatever's happening. Wow. And wow. <laughs> um, yeah, it's gone so quick with, we're, we're literally towards the end of the show. It's gone so fast. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been listening so much. It's so interesting, everything you're saying. And it, as you were talking about it, it was taking me back to my childhood and how certain things happen. So it's just so amazing to see that if we do this at a young age, things can shift for us massively in the future. Absolutely. And that's my greatest desire is so that, you know, our children don't carry the same baggage that we carry, you know, and our parents carried and other generations carried. So they have a new new opportunity to create a new life for themselves. Oh. <laughs> My dear, um, I've got a few more questions for you. What What are your five top tips for, for a mum who's feeling overwhelmed and currently lacking confidence? A mom who's lacking confidence is generally stems from, you know, feeling not good enough or, you know, feeling like there's not enough balance. And whenever that arises, the first thing that I help moms do is cultivate self-love and it's not just about like saying you know like I love you or like going on a spa day or soaking <laughs> in the bathtub it's a little bit more intense than that so there there was groundbreaking work by Gary Chapman and he wrote a book called The Love Languages mm. and I read there was a book version of that for love languages for children mm -hmm. and I read that and I realized that in order for us if we're feeling lack of confidence feeling not good enough as a mom um we have to feel our own love and it's mm -hmm. so how do you do that there's five different ways one is spending quality time so that's probably one of the hardest things right finding even like an hour or two every so often just to take time for yourself to reset and I think that is absolutely necessary because if you're not going back to like a 
grounded state, you're mm. constantly running like from a wired, stressed out space. And you can never really fully feel like you've got your bearings. So spending quality time, just doing things that nurture your soul. Um, second is words of affirmation. So even like every single morning, like I tell every mom that I work with is look in your eyes as you're brushing your teeth and mentally recite, like, I love you. And then say your name, like, look at your eyes. Don't focus anywhere else. And it is a very intimate and, mm. and for people who don't look in their eyes, it's actually very uncomfortable at first because you're not used to being so intimate with yourself. So even just saying like, I love you and I appreciate you because starts building this confidence in this relationship with yourself. Um, another thing is, is actually physical touch. So very often we don't touch our body and not, am I trying to be crazy, but like in a, in a, in a calm, sensual way. So there's this thing in Ayurveda called Abhyanga, which is um, warm body uh, massage. Mm -hmm. So it's just taking warm oil and massaging your body. And there's something so um, tender and loving that like when you're massaging a child or someone that you love, like the love that vibrates out of your, you know, your hands, when you do it to yourself, it actually not only stimulates and makes your organs function better and it helps you release stress but it also um helps create like a better body image like it's like you're you're loving yourself in the most mm. intimate way which is really cool and then um the other thing that I share is um acts of service so like doing things for yourself that is just for you so like if you um need help you know, asking for help. If you, um, you know, uh, what's another thing would be a great acts of service for yourself. So like for me, um, I know that like, I, I hate washing the dishes. <laughs> so like asking, <laughs> asking my husband to be like, um, you know, is, can that be something that you help me with is an act of service because I'm setting a boundary mm. and I'm asking for something in a way that is, I don't feel guilty about, but it's like an authentic way. So it's like a receiving and reciprocating of love. So my husband mm. loves doing the dishes because he knows it makes me feel so happy. And it's like, <laughs> it's like a nice way of like giving yourself um, appreciation. And then um, I don't do this very often, but the, the next, the next thing is like gifts. So giving mm. yourself like small gifts every so often, just so that it's like a treat for yourself. And I know that a lot of moms sometimes can struggle with, um, you know, indulging in themselves or investing something in themselves. Mm -hmm. um, but if it, I look at it this way, if it's something that makes me feel better or it makes me a better person, um, it's a great thing to indulge in every so often. So it's the five acts of self-love, which is the foundation of building self-worth um, and confidence. Wow. I love those five top tips. They're so amazing because it's so true. I, I was relating with them that you were saying, actually. Um, and the interesting one I found was that the oils, it, it's so interesting that when, like how oils can play a massive part in kind of healing ourselves and making ourselves feel more rejuvenated. Yes, yes. It really is a, um, it's therapeutic, like, especially if you're using essential oils, there's mm. obviously the benefits, right, of the yeah. oils that you're using. 
but also just like touching yourself like in an, in an intentional way is mm-hmm. also very like very it's it's I can't put it into words because someone had told me and I did it and I was like oh this feels weird the first time and then when <laughs> I did it again and I was more intentional I'm like oh my gosh like you know, usually I'm so mean about my thighs, but I just like, they're just, you know, like you just, I had so much appreciation for them. And yeah. it's because I was taking the time to just like rub the oil and be like, oh my gosh, thank you. Like without you, I wouldn't be able to run. I wouldn't be able to work out. I wouldn't be able to do all the squats. Like, you know, like you just, it's just naturally like when you slow down, you will find a way to appreciate your body. So for anyone who struggles with, um, confidence with their body, that's a great thing to do. Wow. I'm, I'm going to be doing that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's perfect for everyone. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. And what are you most grateful for? Um, I think I'm most grateful for, I'm so grateful for my difficult childhood in my difficult relationship with my mom, because I find that if it wasn't for those two difficulties and challenges in my life, I don't think I would have came upon um, my calling so young in my life. Mm. It was because of that I found my calling. And so I can, I can um, find a lot of appreciation for that. And I've done a lot of healing with my parents and myself and my soul because of that. Mm. So I am very, I find that I'm very grateful for my challenges because it really does help my soul evolve and up level to a new, new space. Wow. I love that. Thank you for sharing. And my last question is what shines your energy? Ooh, um, what shines my inner light, there's two things, and it's <laughs> equally shining my light, uh, is that every time I see a child and them feeling so confident in themselves that, yeah. oh my gosh, I was feeling angry and I took deep breaths and I felt better again, that, nothing motivates me more than that. Like, there's nothing that like makes me shine more than that but the other part I would say equally makes me happy is the confidence that I see and the light that I see in a mom when she feels confident and when she feels so empowered um and connected to her own power Mm. when she's like oh my gosh I know that I'm taking care of myself I know that I'm trying my best and I feel that I'm on the right path of teaching my children how to be more mindful that brings me so much joy because it it opens up the possibilities of the, our world being so different, right? Raising more mindful kids mm. and then raising these peace leaders who are going to ultimately change the world. Oh, that's really sweet. Wow. <laughs> I love that. That's really nice. Oh. Um, wow. Thank you, Tijo, for sharing everything today because it's so important that you keep sharing your light with others and thank you for doing what you're doing oh thank you so much and thank you for um this beautiful opportunity and all the work that you do too because without um someone connecting us to each other and knowing what other people are doing to shine their light it really is inspiring um so thank you for what you do oh bless you (laughs) wow what an amazing interview with tijal do check out her work because it's so important not just as mums, but as women to find a balance within ourselves. So 
that we can be rejuvenated, relaxed and just be the best version that we possibly can be. Unfortunately, that's the end of the show. For more information about the show or T-Gel, visit www.girdshundle.com. And remember, stay happy, stay healthy, stay lit. lit.